0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're in uh, Torah study number 51 out of Deuteronomy 29 today. Uh, And uh, we'll talk just a little bit about that. Uh, uh, It's called Nitzavim, Torah portion 51. But the main thing that God impressed upon me to to bring today is a word on Rosh Hashanah, which is Monday night. uh, One of the seven major feasts of the Lord out of uh, Leviticus 23. Rosh Hashanah and the binding of Isaac. And it's a fascinating study. I haven't uh, taught it before, but uh, the Holy Spirit quickened in my heart that this was the message for today. And so we appreciate you guys coming out. And as uh, I mentioned, this past week we've been studying out of Deuteronomy 29 through Deuteronomy 30 uh, on uh, the Torah portion that's always read right before Rosh Hashanah. And in Deuteronomy 29.9 in the complete Jewish Bible, it, uh, it says this. It says, Today you are standing. All of you before Adonai, your God, your heads, your tribes, your leaders, your officers, all of the people of Israel. And so many of uh, the Jewish and Christian, I looked this up, both Jews and Christian experts, Bible experts, agree that when this says today you are standing all of you before Adonai your God, it's referring to Judgment Day. It's the day we stand before the Lord in heaven. That's what Judgment Day is. And uh, while it uh, seems to be easy to forget there is a day of judgment, Uh. We need uh, uh, to stir ourselves up in our most holy faith and remember, never forget, there's a judgment day coming. Uh, Yes, God is a God of love, uh, but he's also a God of judgment. And you want to be on the right side of judgment, right? Not the wrong side. If you go to court in some kind of civil uh, uh, appearance, the judge is either going to rule in your favor or not so much. How many are ready for a favorable judgment? Amen. Me too. And uh, in fact, it, it's there. you could argue this uh, and debate this all day long, but there's at least three judgment days. The first is represented uh, by the Feast of Trumpets, which is Rosh Hashanah. That's coming up here uh, Monday night. And that's a shadow of the rapture and what is known as the judgment seat of Christ. There's a second judgment on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, which is a shadow of the second coming, the battle of Armageddon, and God's judgment on the world following the seven-year tribulation. Then there's a third judgment, the great white throne judgment, which takes place after the Sabbath millennium, this 1,000-year reign of Christ, uh, and that's judgment day for the rest of eternity. So all of these things are uh, in our future. Uh, And the one that's closest to our future is the shadow and type of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. And when that happens, when we're raptured, when the last trump sounds and we're caught away with the Lord forever and ever and ever, uh, we go to this place called heaven and there's a judgment. And that judgment is known as the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10 speaks of this, and you can open your Bibles and see it for yourself. This is from the complete Jewish Bible. Uh, It says, we must all appear before the Messiah's court of judgment where everyone will receive the good or bad consequences of what he did or she did while he or she was in their body. So, uh, the shadow of the rapture uh, and the judgment seat of Christ uh, uh, is when a verdict is, is rendered. Okay, And this is when we hit the rapture, when everyone receives their eternal reward. People aren't going to be judged, believers won't be judged because of your sin. Because you've confessed your sin. You've repented of your sin. And so your sin, as far as the east is from the west, it's, where, it's under the blood. But you will be judged based on your activities, based on your commitment, based on what you were doing here down on the ground before you're no longer around. Okay? And so you're not judged only if you had saving faith. See, and this is where people get a little confused. Uh, people sometimes think that faith is a one-size-fits-all word. But they're saving faith... And then there's faith that you develop and work out in your life here on earth. And it involves becoming more righteous, more knowledgeable, more intimate. And you're involved with building the kingdom of God. You're a light to the world. You're repairing a broken world. You're using your life to be a blessing in whatever ways uh, you're led to do. Not everybody does it the same way. Not everyone has the same calling, but everyone is part of the body of Christ. We are members of the body of Christ. And when the rapture happens, that's Judgment Day. That's represented by Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. And for 30 days leading up to that, uh, during the month of Elul, God is blowing the shofar... Wake up! Shake off your spiritual slumber and get back on fire for living for God. Amen. Amen. So it's not just you have a statement of faith. Sometimes in America we think, well, we're born in America, we're Christians kind of by osmosis. And I have a statement of faith. I believe. But the Bible says the devils believe. They have the good sense to fear and tremble. (laughs) Christians, uh, you know, we're just kind of cruising. But we better be cruising in God's direction, especially as we approach uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is Judgment Day. One day we'll be judged for all of eternity, but until then there's still a judgment. And this is where Christians, because they didn't understand their Jewish roots, just didn't really think about that. But every year God looks at our life on Judgment Day. He opens the books and He is rendering a judgment on how much we're going to be blessed for the next year. Rosh Hashanah meaning head of the year. It's the civil new year, uh, the Jewish new year. And so it's important that we respond to uh, this season, this time on God's calendar. It's called an appointed time. A specific time where God on his calendar has ordained for certain things to happen. And so as we look at our lives, we realize, I need to have appropriate corresponding actions. If you're in the court, is there evidence that you're a believer? It's not just your statement of faith. I I pledge my allegiance to the Lamb. Good. That's saving faith. That'll get you in by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin. But now it's reward time. Yeah. I'm coming and my reward is in my hand, Amen. the Bible says. And so we need more than just a statement of faith. We need a record that of our faith that had corresponding action. That's where tithes and offerings come in. That's where uh, helping the less fortunate, being a blessing to the f- poor, feeding the widows and the orphans, sending people encouraging texts, visiting people in the hospital, uh, visiting people that are incarcerated, praying, coming to intercessory prayer, being an active member of your church, not just a permanent visitor, an anonymous visitor. Amen? And so uh... you know so you ask yourself have i been about my father's business when jesus was in the temple at twelve and got separated from his parents they where the heck have you been son i've been about my father's business and that's what we need to be about our father's business so this is a kind of a, in a nutshell the blessing of why we study the feast of the lord Leviticus 23 calls them holy convocations, which in Hebrew means divine rehearsals. Wow! Divine rehearsals. They're the forerunner of the real thing. The real thing is coming. But until then, we use the feasts of the Lord as a rehearsal for the real thing. We're, uh, I wish we, I would have known this 30 years ago, uh, growing up in Christ, that uh, uh, there's a judgment seat of Christ, and that judgment seat of Christ really manifests itself during this season on God's calendar. And so the blowing of the shofar is God's alarm clock. We've got to make sure we're getting the right things done. It's not just getting uh, things done right, it's getting the right things done. If I'm choosing between a myriad of things, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do for the rest of my life? I want to make sure I get the right things done. And God is a gracious Father. He's given us the instruction manual. And so when you go to the Word of God and you're diligent in your studying, you rightly discern and divide the Word of Truth, all of a sudden your list of the right things is really plain and simple. I'm about my Father's business. And uh, this year there'll be a reward. Amen. God. One day it'll be for all of eternity. And, but if, if this Rosh Hashanah, the Lord doesn't return, we'll, there'll still be rewards. And so that's why this season is marked by uh, doing extra good things. Being an extra blessing to others. Going the extra mile the best you can. And all of a sudden, you'll be rewarded because you're diligently seeking the Lord. Amen. Now, one of the deeper meanings of shadow in uh, uh, Jewish teaching means to elevate ourselves to a higher level. So the shadow of things to come, the divine rehearsal that God puts on his calendar, is meant so that we can ponder some things, meditate on some things, learn some things that when absorbed and applied will elevate our lives to a new level. Who likes that? Who wants to be at the same level you were last year? No hands. Who wants to go to a higher level? I see that hand, that hand, that hand. Amen. And that's where our spiritual journey is leading us. To higher levels of spiritual knowledge and understanding. And just a higher way of life. There's a better way. I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. I found a new way to live by abiding, abiding in the vine. Amen. Song from the 80s. <laughs> yep, amen. And, and Matthew 10.39 talks about this. Jesus, our Rabbi Yeshua, talks about this. Matthew 10.39 in the Passion Translation says, All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life. I mean, that's about as plain and simple as it gets. You do it God's way, more life. You do it Frank Sinatra's way, I did it my way. (laughs) You're going to lose it all. And look, this helps explain why bad things happen to good people okay because our whole spiritual journey can be boiled down to I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing it God's way, but the devil and circumstances and issues and distractions are all trying to get me to make the wrong decision. If you listen to the wrong voice, you're always going to make the wrong choice. So it's called working out your salvation. Now tomorrow night, Monday night, on Rosh Hashanah, God's going to render a decision for another year of life. Lachaim to life! <laughs> and it's not based on whether you're saved or not. Everybody here, I'm sure, has saving faith. But we're talking about the corresponding actions that there's evidence of your faith. I'll show you my faith by my works pastor James said and the good news is is that in God's grace and mercy even though a decision is rendered on Rosh Hashanah that's judgment day in reality the verdict isn't sealed until Yom Kippur ten days later there's actually seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and that, you know, is a shadow of the tribulation. But the, uh, uh, the verdict isn't sealed until the Day of Atonement. This just shows you God's not willing that anybody miss out on the goodness and the blessing. But during that time, that's when people's lives hang in the balance. Okay? Because if you miss the rapture, you can still be saved. If you miss the rapture, I don't recommend you miss the rapture. You don't want to be left behind. But if you did, then uh, you're going through that tribulation period with the Antichrist. And if you think what we're seeing out there is bad now, wait until the church is removed, who is the restraining influence, and no one's there to push back except everybody in the underground church. And so this is a time to make sure that you're tipping the scales in the right direction. All right? You're going the extra mile in doing some extra things to be a blessing. That's just the Christian way. That's not controversial. (laughs) Amen. So what we're learning is that in uh, the original Jewish perspective... All the holidays were meant to reveal how God would redeem His people, the master plan of redemption. And so, God's divine calendar is seen as a cycle. You watched The Lion King and heard uh, what's his name sing the Circle of Life, and and uh, but uh, they they Elton John stole that from uh, uh, the Bible. There's a circle of life that God has ordained in the Bible. And every year, the holidays, the feasts of the Lord happen, and they keep us on track and plugged in to the different aspects of how we live a redeemed life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so and do so. And this is where the rehearsal comes in. So the key question regarding... Rosh Hashanah, or any of the Bible holidays, is what lessons or opportunities uh, are being presented to me as a result of this coming up on the Lord's calendar. I'm glad you asked that question. One lesson comes from just the main purpose of the 40 days. Why did God decide there would be a 40-day period between the Hebrew month of Elul, Elul 1, and the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur? Well, uh, let's uh, talk about this. There's uh, ancient uh, biblical wisdom teaches that 40 is the number of cleansing. It's the number of purification. It's the number for commitment, and it's a number that represents dedication, being dedicated. And if you look at the examples in the Bible, when the number 40 is used, it lends itself to that definition, right? Uh, Noah's reign lasted 40. That reign is a symbol of a baptism on the earth a cleansing and a purification, a giant mikvah to cleanse and restore and renew. And it's no coincidence that uh, the Jewish baptismal called the mikvah has to contain 40 measures of water in order to be official. Okay. How many years did Israel spend in the wilderness before going into the promised land? Forty. Moses fasted 40 days. Okay. Jesus fasted 40 days. And it was uh, during those 40 days where Jesus was seen as preparing himself to launch his ministry. And during those 40 days, he was committing himself to fulfilling his Father's will. And during that time, who came to resist him? And he was defeated resoundingly. Amen? In fact, when you think about the first red word in the Bible, who knows what the first red word in the Bible is? Repent. Repent. So many people believe, and I believe this myself, uh, the 40 days that Jesus was in the wilderness fasting and preparing was the 40 days between Elul 1 and the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and he came out uh, uh, after Yom Kippur, repent, which is the message of teshuvah. It's the message of the season. Do you know when the first Yom Kippur actually happened? It happened uh, at Mount Sinai. There was a sin, the sin of the golden calf. And Moses came down and saw the insanity and broke the tablets. And then there had to be a new period where a second set of tablets were created. So Moses spends 40 days interceding, fasting, and praying, and he goes up uh, and receives a second set of tablets, and the first Yom Kippur is when he comes back to the people of Israel and said, God has in His mercy and grace forgiven you. There's atonement at one minute. Atonement is happening. Forgiveness is happening. Mercy and grace and forgiveness is happening. And the evidence was the second set of tablets which showed there's a renewal of the covenant. God's you broke covenant, but God restored it because you repented. And that's what this time is. The shofar is the symbol of the season. It's the spiritual alarm clock. Wake up, Scotty. Return to your first love. Return to your spiritual priorities. Rededicate yourself. Redouble your efforts of doing it God's way. Yes. Amen? Amen? So, there's so much more to teach. Uh In ancient Jewish wisdom, uh, it's taught that the world was created on Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, that's why it's considered the new year. And with a new year, we all know New Year's Eve and people gather in Times Square and everywhere else. And what are they basically celebrating? This is the end of the past and an opportunity to start new, to start fresh with New Year's resolutions. Uh, Father God and the Christian, bring me a new beginning, new vision, new anointing. Amen. Amen. But the foundation in our world is repentance and rededication. The new beginning doesn't come unless you got a clean slate. And the clean slate comes from when, Father, I I know I've sinned. Forgive me of every sin. Break every curse. And let me go into uh, uh, this new year with a new beginning. And like I said, this is all a shadow of things to come. Now, uh, here's an interesting uh, teaching in that uh, many powerful events, according to our Jewish brothers and sisters, have occurred on Rosh Hashanah. That on Rosh Hashanah, all the patriarchs were born. On Rosh Hashanah, Sarah, Rachel, and Hannah all conceived. On Rosh Hashanah, Joseph received his uh, freedom and went from the prison to the penthouse. Amen. From the prison to the palace. On Rosh Hashanah, God halted Israel's slavery in Egypt. And on Rosh Hashanah, the story of Abraham and the binding of Isaac is studied. And when I saw, that's what kind of got my attention. What, what does this have to do with Rosh Hashanah? Well, all these things are a shadow of things to come. In, in other words, God is wanting to birth something special in our lives. In the build-up to Rosh Hashanah, before the last trump sounds, there's going to be a series of birth pangs. And they're to wake us up like the shofar that all these birth pangs we're seeing is a build-up to, to a new beginning Amen. when we all go into eternity. Amen. But what does the story of Isaac, the binding of Isaac, have to do with Rosh Hashanah? It's, it's considered the most important test Of Abraham's faith you can dig into this and find out for yourself you know don't watch HGTV for a couple hours and dig into this Um, Abraham had 10 major tests of faith and the story with Isaac was the biggest test of faith and in the Bible it's the first uh, example of true self-sacrifice It's the first time that uh, the word love is used. And it represents the ultimate goal of every believer. What we should be looking to attain is the kind of faith that the father of our faith, Abraham, had. He was a man on a divine mission. And he loved his family and he loved his Lord more than anything. And... because of that divine purpose, that divine mission, he was willing and indeed he sacrificed everything. He left his family. He left his country. He moved to a distant place. He didn't have uh, the benefit of knowing what he was doing, but God said, come out. And then he waited and waited and waited until he had the son of promise. And now that he received the son of promise, Isaac, after all that waiting years and years and years, all of a sudden God said, I want you to take your son to Mount Moriah and offer him up as a sacrifice. This is a a lesson God wants us to learn as we enter into Rosh Hashanah. When Abraham bound Isaac on the altar, ancient wisdom teaches that a heavenly voice spoke. And it proclaimed, now I know that you fear God. Now I know that the will of God supersedes even your most basic instincts. Now I know that all your deeds, including those which could be explained as self-motivated, are in essence driven by the desire to serve your Creator. Now I know that your entire life is true and selfless. What does the binding of Isaac have to do with Rosh Hashanah? Judgment Day is coming. And we don't want to be left behind. And we need to have a mindset that we're having and we're striving to attain the kind of faith that's described when we're talking about Father Abraham, who had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. If you're wondering why my arms are flailing, you would have had to have been in nursery class or children's ministry to sing the song. Father Abraham had many sons. (laughs) So when when we're studying this out... God is saying that you're hearing the shofar. The birth pangs are building. We're heading through this 40-day period of Rosh, uh, Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur. And we need to be working towards attaining a high level of faith and trust in the Lord. Why was Abraham chosen to be the father of many nations? Because what Abraham Abraham had in his life, God wants to reproduce in our lives. Look, all of us enter into this relationship with the Lord with a John 3.16 kind of faith. If that's all you got, John three sixteen, that's that's enough to get you into the pearly gates. <laughs> but if you're not responsible and mature enough to develop that faith, then when you get into the pearly gates, you might be in for a big surprise. Why are there tears in heaven? Right? Why does the Bible say that Jesus will wipe away every tear? Because a lot of people will realize there was a big gap between when they got saved and, uh, with their John 3.16 faith and what they could have been doing for the Lord before they uh, walked through the pearly gates. Right. Amen. And the Lord wants us all to grow and develop and mature our spiritual life. Why? Because judgment day is coming. And there's rewards that are going to be handed out. And you don't want to be at the... uh, Sir, would you please step in that line? What's that line? That's the line that you don't want to be in. Where all your works are judged as wood and hay and stubble and go up in smoke. one of the many scriptures that defines abraham's life is in romans 420 and in romans 420 the bible says He, Abraham, did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God, but grew stronger and empowered by faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that God had the power to do what He had promised. Romans 4.20 in the Amplified. That's what we're aiming for. And we're all in various stages of development, and, uh, but we're all committed to going in that direction. Amen? And Rosh Hashanah, and this 40-day season, is God's appointed time for us to think about this. To examine the essence of who we are and who we're becoming as Christians. Amen? And the binding of Isaac is that call. Praise God. That's the core commitment. What happened there is the essence of what we're trying to strive for. We're going to pass a test of faith that come heaven or high water, come hell or high water, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So when we hear the shofar sounding, the question, how far have we come? Let's celebrate that. Yeah, we come, we come a good long ways on our journey, Lord. But then God's going to, oh, how far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go? Are you still living by faith? Are you still living in obedience to the Word of God? Are you still motivated by the love of God? Is there more love in you and I than when we started this journey? Are we still motivated to learn and study and show ourselves approved unto God? Or have we gotten into a little spiritual slumber? And if we did, the show shofar sounds for four. Because judgment day is coming. Galatians 3, seven says, so understand that it is the people who live by faith with confidence in the power and goodness of God who are the true sons of Abraham. There's a lot there. But it just all comes down to uh, faith is not a noun as much as it is a verb. Faith needs corresponding action. Right? Amen. And if, if we're going to make this appointed time count, we've got to be doubly sure we're just not faking it. Right? And look, I know it sounds heavy, right? This, this is like a real challenge. And Abraham and Isaac set a pretty high bar. But this is the whole purpose of the journey of faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. Taking us from being a believer, from having saving faith, to being a disciple of Christ with strong faith. Active faith. Amen? So, we're beginning to see how Rosh Hashanah relates to the binding of Isaac. It's the time, it's the season to test our faith. 2 Corinthians thirteen five says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Right? You don't want to be the last to know. Okay, don't be the, be willing to judge yourself. Those that judge themselves will not be judged. Because if you judge yourself, not condemn yourself, but you say, yeah, I need to pick up the pace here, Scott. Right? and we each need to have our own little self discussion with the holy ghost that says test yourselves surely you know that jesus christ is coming and if you don't realize that you'll fail the test of genuine faith second peter 1 verse 10 Dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. There's a group out there in Christianity that doesn't believe in hard work. That somehow the grace of God uh, uh, cancels any need for hard work. That's just bad teaching. Because it's given people this opt-out card. Well, there's nothing I have to do. What do you expect of me? The guy said, if you come to the altar and accept Jesus as Lord, there's nothing you have to do. And I ain't doing nothing. I don't know if I want to hit the pearly gates with that on my resume. Amen? So... This is the time uh, to understand these things. Amen. The fall feasts are a prophetic shadow of things to come. And they all pertain to the Lord's second coming. This is why Rosh Hashanah is called the Feast of Trumpets. There's a day coming when the last trumpet, the last shofar will sound and we'll all go into eternity. That's Judgment Day for the believer. And I won't read it now, but read for yourself 1 Thessalonians 4 about how the blast of the trumpet will happen and we're all caught away to meet the Lord in the sky. That's a once-in-a-lifetime, a, a once-in-a-eternity experience. And we need to live our lives like, you know what, that's actually going to happen. <laughs> And so it stirs us to examine ourselves, to grow stronger in the faith. If you think I was strong in faith last year, this year I'm going to be stronger. Holy Ghost, anoint me with power. Anoint me with vision. Anoint us all with a a purpose and a passion to do things for God at a level we've never attained before. Amen? Amen? And in order to do that, it means we have to have a level of surrender. Yes, right. right? I'm not sure just exactly how the uh, the requirements to make the rapture are actually going to happen. It, is it just John 3.16 faith? I, I'm believing that, and I hope that's the case, that you get in on John 3. But, you know, you... You can't take that kind of... I won't tell you the old acronym of assume. <laughs> Amen. Somebody once... Well, I, I, I can't aspire to all that. I was born a different way. I was born a different... But that's why Jesus said, You must be born again amen and at this time The shofar stirs us. These lessons stir us. The time on God's calendar stirs us. The lesson of the binding of Isaac and the self-sacrifice and the test of faith and the level of dedication and commitment it took to walk that walk all the way up to the altar to the point where he was ready to plunge the knife and all of a sudden the angel stayed his hand. Well, where are we going to get the lamb? The Lord has provided the lamb. And so it's a high bar, but we're just not called to be believers. We're called to be disciples. And it just requires more and more out of us where we're giving more and more to the things of God and less and less to the... That doesn't mean you have to be a pauper. It doesn't ha- mean that you have to get fired from your job and live in a, in a van down by the river. But it does mean, let, let's get it on here, folks! Let's get it on! Amen? And for a lot of us here at New Beginnings who have AARP cards... Right? We got Medicare cards, we get a government check as part of our income. You know, our attitude isn't, we're retired. It's like in Tombstone, are you retired? No, I'm in my prime. If anybody asks you, are you retired? No, I am in my prime for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's all part of this attitude, and mindset. So let's rededicate ourselves to finishing the journey stronger and more passionate than when we began this thing. In Jesus' name. Amen this morning. Amen and Shana tova. Happy New Year.